Yo, what is up? And welcome to another edition of Across the Pitch. Myself, Dave Miller and Mike Pereira. We're here to preview the Club Montreal game as well as looking at the news and notes over the course of the week. Uh, obviously, this is a pre-recorded podcast. The first one we've ever done as opposed to going live because obviously on Thursday night, the Eagles host the Tampa Bay Bucks. And obviously with the market that we're in, uh, there's just going to be no competing. Let's be realistic. There's going to be no competing. Um, so yeah, we've obviously moved we've moved off to record the podcast on Wednesday night just before the guys do their uh, big weekly show. Obviously we'll hopefully get it released on Thursday, if not Friday, but yeah, there's this all, it could be, it's more than likely going to be a one, a more of a one time thing with mine and Mike's work sort of both heating up simultaneously. Obviously Mike's got all this obviously important stuff to do with his work. And then obviously with myself being on the UK time schedule and working, I, I, in, well, put it to US terms, I'd have to get up at 2 a.m. US time. <laughs> to work, essentially. So I mean, it's just going to be absolute chaos sometimes for me if I'm in working on a Friday morning. God. So it could just likely is going to be more than a one time thing, but hopefully we'll be back live on a Thursday in the near future. If not, hopefully maybe a post game show on the weekend or whatever. But obviously, looking over the sort of week at hand, obviously we did the post game show last. I think, yeah, last Saturday. Last Saturday, yep. Big win in Cincinnati with the kids. And obviously, we're looking at another Saturday game. Obviously, it's a bit of a frustrating one for us. I think you'll you'll be covering the game with you, Mike. Um, no, actually, this weekend will be both of us will be off because I'll be in a wedding up in North Jersey. Yeah. You will have work obligations. So as Dave yeah. mentioned before, our schedules have been chaotic throughout the month of October. Uh, things have been pretty tight for us, but we're trying our best to accommodate. And it, it is kind of nice doing a pre-recorded show. It's less pressure of messing up on live uh, live yeah. TV. But yeah, so this Saturday, big matchup. It's Club America uh, versus the Philadelphia Union. Uh, did I say Club America? I'm sorry. Montreal <laughs> against the Philadelphia Union at uh, 1 o'clock p.m. on Saturday. So it's an early match for the East Coast and uh, 6 p.m. out if you're in, out in London or England yeah. out there. But, uh, you know, from we've had now a couple of days to digest this Cincinnati win, Dave. W- what are your thoughts after having uh, seen what, what, what uh, transpired um, the other day? I mean, you can't really complain too much. I mean, obviously, it's always going to be a difficult game considering the amount of changes that were going to be made. Um, and again, we alluded it to a lot last week, obviously with Chris Albright moving from the union to FC Cincinnati, <coughs> new general manager, these players now with a new guy at the helm. Are going to, it's obviously a lot different to the game in England where the managers essentially make the decision over here. It's sort of like the GM sort of pick the squad and signings and the manager has to work with it. Essentially, obviously now with the new GM for Cincinnati, these players are essentially fighting for, um, not say their career, well, their careers in Cincinnati. They're fighting for right. new contracts to be on the team for next year to be starters potentially. So I mean, again, they came in. They were going to play against a hungry Cincinnati team. And again, I mean, let's it's, it's not beat around the bush. The Union obviously we're going to have players out there who are going to be hungry to prove a point themselves. That's Stuart right. Finley's bad play this year. Jack McGlynn, Nathan Nathan Harriel's only making the second start, and then you have got Paxton Aronson, Nancy Quinn Sullivan came in as well. Even Bueno came on for 10 minutes, do you know what I mean? So it was always going to be a difficult game. I thought the Union did fantastically well in in long spells, you know, sort of, um, you know, sort of not control the game because I think obviously Cincinnati dominated the possession a bit, but to sort of continue to take the sting out of things when Cincinnati had a good chance or two, the Union instantly sort of kept the ball for a bit, you know, kept it simple and 
that was just sort of what they did all night. Obviously, the two goals were from moments of excellence from two acad from two academy graduates in McLean and Harriel, and obviously it was just an all round perfect night. Obviously, to also climb up into third place. Yeah, I mean, you have well, you have six players in international duty. You have Kai Wagner out on the red card uh, suspension, so you have that to going into Cincinnati. You know that the kids are going to be playing. Uh, but you mentioned Cincinnati's control for parts of the match. You know, I think the Union were very fortunate not to give up a goal early. We yeah. saw Harry Elga beat with just some, you know, youthful mistakes. It happens. Um, there was gaps in that back line, which was three in the back compared to what we're used to with the four in the back. And you could see yeah. it was uncomfortable in a, in a lot of different ways. And Cincinnati was taking advantage of it. Fortunately for the Union, they were able to just hang on and 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 eventually take the lead early on. But I think one of the, the most important things that you could see is one, the homegrowns looked ready. They looked prepared for the moment, which is great. You know, I, I think w- one of the great things that you said at, on the post game show was maybe all year we've had our question marks about the depth. We've had question marks about McGlynn or Paxton or Sullivan, but last night or rather Saturday night, you felt like they were ready. You knew for a yeah. fact this, these, this bench and this, this depth was ready. And that was made evident when, People stepped up at various parts of the game. Matt Fries stepped up when he had to make it, make a moment. Paxton obviously had a great match. Jack McGlynn was quiet overall, but when he needed to make a pass to get Paxton the ball in the box, he made that pass, which then led to the Casper Shabilko gold. So the players who needed to make their their stamp on the game made it when they needed to. And I think that's all you can ask for from your substitutions is to just take advantage of your moment. Um, but I, I think if, if you're talking about this team's momentum. What a great momentum to ride into to the next match, seeing your backups do so well uh, yeah. in such an, in, you know, in, in a very important game in, in a playoff. Absolutely, hunt. yeah. I mean, as you said, obviously it's a huge one to come in sort of in the in sort of as they're in sort of really in the midst of the playoff hunt. Um, also, I think it's always great around the club to see um, that you know kids that come up through the academy and up through the youth system do so well. I mean that all, always brings a lift. It always gives the fans a lift as well. Yeah. And I'm sure the fans that will be traveling to Mont- into Montreal. I mean there'll be very very few. Um, they'll be there, and I'm sure they'll sort you know seeing those younger guys, seeing those younger guys trying so hard. And I'm sure a couple of them will probably play. That will give them a lift. That will make them on the spot the team more, and hopefully that can you know push the union on to getting a positive result. I actually know somebody who's driving driving up to Montreal. I think they're leaving Thursday, and they're getting there Friday yeah. or some of like that. So, it's not Jeff, go, is it? No, it's not Jeff. It's someone that it's actually a, a relative of somebody that I know. But um, yeah, they, they told me that they're really excited to drive up there. It's not too far of a drive, and uh, it should be a fun atmosphere. But I guess let's segue then into what you've alluded to. Uh, Jim Curtin had a press conference today, and he touched on a few things, especially entering the Montreal match. So, on injury note. Uh, Sergio Santos has a minor hamstring strain, which just is awful to hear because, you know, and hamstrings can just linger for, yeah. you know, a week, two weeks. As of right now, uh, his availability for Saturday's match is still up in the air. And that was as of today, which we're recording on Wednesday, October 13th. So he's got a couple days to go. Considering how important Sergio is, I don't see him playing personally. Yeah. But. Let's not forget, you also have Corey Burke out. And in regards to Corey Burke, uh, he's not expected to make the Montreal match, but Curtin says that he's ahead of schedule in recovery for his stress, stress fracture. So 
maybe not this week, maybe not next week, but if he's ahead of ahead of schedule for recovery, then you hope that at least with by the end of the end of the regular season, you have Corey Burke back on your bench. Yeah. So then that that ant that gives us a very big question, Dave. You may only have Casper Shabilko healthy as your uh, preseason on the roster starters or forwards rather. Davos on the bench. How do you think this team approaches this match? Do you think they change up the lineup again with one in the front? Do you think they gave um, Davos a chance? How, what are your thoughts now hearing the injury news? Obviously, I think it was expected that um, Sergio and Corey would be out injured. But I think, again, you know, there was always avenues that needed to go down. I think I think the most likely thing that Jim does is plays um, Gazdag either as a striker or... He does the stupid Christmas tree thing where he has the two <laughs> attacking midfielders behind Casper, which then limits everyone into that one little gap. There's no, there's sort of no width that wide, and everyone sort of come, clashes in that little bit and isolated. Yep. Um, or even maybe Quinn. Maybe he might start Quinn Sullivan after his impressive show. And Quinn early. did replace Santos in the uh, Cincinnati match when Santos yeah. went down early. Yep. Exactly. So, I mean, potentially it's that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it's a difficult one. I think it, I don't think Davo will start. I think he'll start Davo, especially in this sort of game where, again, it's every game for the Union. All, all games are must wins, but I think this one is especially a big must win game because it can really then start if you can get the win and a couple of results can go your way. That then starts to you know put some light between you and eighth place in the playoff seasons. And if the Union can win, and I know I'm, I'm not sure who Atlanta have this weekend. Atlanta Toronto. I'm about to pull up the schedule right now for you. So this Saturday, the matchups to watch. DC United is playing Nashville. Uh, Let's see. Miami's playing Columbus. You have Orlando playing Cincinnati. Toronto playing Atlanta. And then uh, you have another Eastern Conference. Oh, New England versus Chicago. So the, the most important one for the... I almost said the Eagles for the for the Union standpoint would be the DC United versus Nashville game. That match is going to be in DC uh, against Nashville. So if you look at the table real quick, New England way at the top, they have sixty five points. Holy cow, they have sixty five points. That's nuts. Nashville has forty seven, and Philly has forty five. So if you pull off a road victory, Dave, and DC can take take uh, take down Nashville, the Union will be in second place by Saturday night. Yeah. So there's a lot of implica- a lot of uh, implications that will uh, will occur after these matchups on uh, on Saturday morning. And I think obviously it's just obviously I know we'll look at it and people will you know from go oh you just got to focus the game in hand which is true if the union can just focus yeah. on taking a game at hand then the other other things are just fall into place for them. I mean, I mean it could just be a frustrating weekend where all the teams around them do win. You know, Nashville wins. Uh, Orlando wins. I mean, there's sort of teams around them all win, but then if they carry on doing their job and they win, and it doesn't, I don't think it matters too much. I think it's just important that they can put try and pull away from the you know the pack in sixth, seventh, and eighth, and ninth. Essentially, I mean, listen, if they win this weekend and Atlanta goes in Toronto and wins, they go eight points ahead of uh, Montreal. So, I mean, it's sort of Joining there's obviously, yeah, I think if they can go into Montreal and they can actually, you know, if they win this game, I don't think people realize how important this game is. Uh, if they can actually 
win this game. They essentially going into those final what, five games. They sent. They've then got that bridge. They know that they just have to sort of keep that distance between them and Montreal, or them and NYCFC, them and Atlanta, New York, whoever. They just got to win. If they can win this game, they, it could be huge. I think it could take a lot of pressure off the players as well. And maybe that's why they are playing so well because of the pressure on them to keep that distance and to stay in the playoff spot. Now, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I'll I'll give you some more details here for the playoff spot. So. As I mentioned, New England 65, Nashville 47, Philly 45. Then below that, you have Orlando at 11, 9, and 8. They are at 42 uh, 42 points. And Union and Orlando both have played the same amount of games now, 28 games. Below Orlando, you have DC United at 40, NYCFC at 40, and Montreal at 40. And then Atlanta in the eighth spot at 39. And actually, the Red Bulls really aren't that far either. They're at, they're at 37 points. So they're only three points behind Montreal. So let's say you lose against Montreal and Orlando City wins. At the very least, you're in tied for tied for in points with Orlando, but yet still in third place. You, you'll be yeah. in third place no matter what by Saturday morning, but rather by Saturday evening. Uh, but you're right. If you if you can pull off a draw, you would get at least within one point, if not uh, four, three points with uh, Nashville, and then it it keeps Montreal five points behind you still but the problem is if you do lose and everybody else wins around you you know that that gap between seventh and, and eighth place is much tighter yeah. they're only five points behind you if montreal atlanta and new york all win that gap as you mentioned already uh closes significantly so a couple weeks ago we were in ninth place out of the playoff picture and you could see how quickly things can turn if you just get on a hot streak which the union are yeah. currently on um but in terms of the lineup, you have players back, you have pieces, you know, your your typical roster back. What do you think the formation is going to look like in, in your in your mind? How do, what do you think the final starting eleven is going to look like? Um, I think. Or what would you rather to look like rather than what it will, it will actually will? I think obviously, I think the most ideal thing I, again, I I would be intrigued to see whether Jim goes with the three at the back still, because I mean, I know obviously Montreal are. Obviously, again, they'll be competing, but I wonder if Jim goes with the three at the back to sort of match up with how Montreal line up because they play with the three at the back. So, I mean, that could be an interesting thing to look at as to whether he says, okay, screw it. We're getting Kai back, we're getting Olivier back. We can then slot Leon into the middle, Jose or Evan into the middle, and, you know, we can manoeuvre things around to, uh, you know, fit, sort of match Montreal up because, I mean, they're going to, they're going to be coming into the game playing the, their typical three-at-the-back system, which they've played all season. So again, you already sort of match things up so the midfield doesn't get overloaded. You're then not having to deal with extra men in attack. You sort of, again, you match things up. I think that might be something that Jim looks into or an approach he takes, you know, just to... Oh, it's the phrase, sort of like... To bounce their attack. Yeah, just, bounce yeah. their attack. Keep them at arm's length. So, you know, you, you right. know what you're expecting as opposed to, you know, you've got four at the back and you've committed and Bizo and Wagner have both pushed up. Jose's pushed up. And then they've got three they've got three attackers just sort of stood there. And then one ball over the top, you've got two centre-backs on three attackers or two attackers or whatever. You then, they should be the three at the back. You can, you've still got the extra man or you can somewhat balance things better. So... I, I think one of the, the things you have to look at is the previous matchup between these two clubs and the numbers that these guys have uh, in terms of goals and goals against. So 
Montreal has 40 goals this season. Philadelphia has 38. The goals against, though, the Union have only given up 27. Montreal's given up 37 goals. So for every goal they score, they give they almost give up a goal as well. And yeah. we saw that we saw that early on in the first half in in uh, Chester. The Sergio Santos and Corey Burke show was just they're getting behind the defense. They were they were creating chances, but they're playing hot potato the entire time in the box. So it's like, no, you you take the shot. No, you take the shot. I ended up resulting in nothing. Um and that can't happen this time no. because you, you need you can't let what happened previously occur. And if people remember, it was about the 44th minute. The goal kick from Montreal kind of goes a bit awry, catches the Union sleeping. Montreal goes down, beautiful cross into the box, boom, goal, down one nothing. Then the Union ended up losing the game. And the entire – during the halftime, I remember on Twitter, people were saying, oh, the Union are going to score two goals tonight. Don't worry. They'll be fine. They're not going to – they've been kind of getting the offense momentum, but that just didn't work out. So you know you can get behind your defense. It's already been proven once. But with Sergio gone, it, it's hard to imagine they don't put someone quick up top with Casper because Casper is not going to beat the defense. He's just simply not that kind of player. Um, but at the same time, you know – I'm not really confident in the three in the back. Do you think maybe the more veteran or the more uh, regular players makes a difference for that back line compared to what we saw with Stuart Finley? Yeah, I think, oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously, it's a change of system. I think the biggest issue with that three at the back is the most important part is the wingbacks slash the fullbacks. Mm-hmm. And when you're playing an 18-year-old kid and a player whose natural position is a central midfielder or the six out in that sort of wingback, left-back sort of position, that's where that's probably where the union got caught out. If you watch the game, they got caught in behind the the fullbacks. I mean, obviously the couple of the chances at the start, as you said, but because Harriel got caught out because the defenders strikers managed to get in behind Harriel, and obviously he grew into the game, and I think he got better when they did go back to a four at the back. Yeah. And but I mean, again, I think it's something they could approach, especially when they get Bozo and Kai back, because then there's that they're more comfortable with what they've got and they're more experienced playing those sort of roles. Obviously, I think it's unlikely that Alvis Powell plays because he had he came, he left with I think it was a groin. I think I believe it was a groin problem. They uh well, Jim actually said in the press conference that uh, Montero was looking good at training. Mumbaizo and Powell are back as well after some knocks, so it looks like they're at least practicing. So maybe we see Powell if you want to, because at the same time, yes, you want you know you want to match them in terms of formation, hopefully beat them that way. But at the same time, if you can steal a point on the road. That's huge, and at, at the very least, you don't want to lose a game right now. If you can just draw, maybe they put Powell back there for a more defensive-minded uh, fullback. It, it, do you think Powell maybe gets gets a look instead of Mabiza? Because um, I mean, he's Mabiza's been probably the worst of the four in terms of the defensive uh, standpoint. Yeah, I think yeah, obviously he struggled in stages. There's no doubt in that. Obviously, he's, he's had issues, but I think... It's a difficult one. I think I, I've, I've Jim will probably go with what with his bread and butter of Bizo and Klasnaz at the end. Kai, there's no doubt on that. But I think in the five at the back, you can probably get away with a player like Bizo playing as your wing back because you still need that attacking output. You need that, and but I think Bizo is perfect as a wing back slash winger because he's got the pace, he's got the confidence in the ball, he's got the good delivery. Whereas I guess Pass, well, that's the sort of area of the game that Power lacks. He's probably more solid defensively. But I think, I guess, it depends what sort of approach the union want to take. Do you sacrifice um, being very, very solid down the right-hand side and you don't have a player that's going to overcommit or whatever, or do you then 
sacrifice, you know, the good attacking quality that you have in a player like Baizo, who, as we've seen on countless occasions this year, has put in some incredible crosses for assists. He's he's created so many good he's created so many big goals with his crossing. Yep. I think that's in a game like this as well, I think you'll need someone like him in there too to do exactly that in a game where we've seen in many union games in the past where chances come are very uh, few and far. And if you're going to create, if they're going to create anything, they'll need players like Bizo to step up and, you know, get balls into the box, etc. Yeah. It was nice seeing Harry all kind of fill that role. And if, if you want to look at the right back position, I think Harry might've had the best cross of the year for a right back compared to Powell Mbizo and himself. Uh, his ball to Paxson was just beautiful, spot on. And yeah. only Paxson could get there. Oh, uh, so, it was a great cross. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was fantastic. It was unexpected too. You know, you, you, nah. you see it at 10, you're like, Holy shit, that just happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it was, uh, so yeah, I, th- I think, I think you're right in your, um, in your assumptions there. And, and I hope that uh, Paxson can see the field again as, as a sub, maybe, you know, Bedoya comes out, puts him in, puts Sullivan again, maybe if he starts. I know Gazdag will be back as well. So interesting to see how that that, that formation ends up. But uh, we're going to have a you know relatively shorter show today. Again, Dave and I have to get off for the 9 o'clock show for uh, their weekly All About the Bird show. So before we end, final score predictions here, Dave, for Montreal. Um, I think obviously I think I'm going to go in confident in the union, obviously. Pulled off a huge win last week. With players out, with you know a limited amount of, with limited players, etc. Um, so I'm going to go two one. I think returning players like Gazdag, Montero, the two fullbacks, they're going to have a big impact. But I think it just depends on the sort of formation they play. I mean, obviously we saw a very different uh, Montreal when they came to Philly. I think they sat back. They were willing to let the you know the union. Um, control the game, have lots of possession, yep. whereas in reality, that's the complete opposite to the way they play this year. They're a team that likes to get the ball down on the ground, yep. dominate possession, keep the ball as much as they possibly can. And we've seen it in plenty of games this season. I think the, what the two outliers really have been the Union game and their last win against uh, against a solid um, Atlanta United team. So I, mean, I think it's going to be, obviously it's going to be a very tough game. And I think as Union fans, you're going to have to expect them to not have much of the ball. You have to expect Montreal to dominate the games in large periods. It's about taking advantage of the periods of possession they have and creating a chance. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Um, Two to one. I don't know if I'm, I think they're going to score two goals if Santos is out. What I'm, my biggest fear for this game is them looking like they did in Orlando, in Miami, when Sergio Santos was like, just when rather, I think it was a Miami game where Santos was all coming off the bench. And the team just needed him so badly. And we've seen this a couple times already. When he's out of the lineup, the team just loses that speed, loses that intensity up top. So that's my biggest fear is that he isn't ready to play. They look sluggish and they get smacked around 3 nothing on a loss. But I am going to be optimistic like you. I've been, I haven't been as optimistic lately. I think today I'm going to be more on, on the union side. I'm going to go with a 1-0 road victory, which yeah. I know Jim Curtin loves. So a 1-0 win. Uh, goal scorer, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Quinn Sullivan. I think he's going to get the goal this week. How about you? Any yeah. any goal scorers? Um, I thought I'd go 2-1. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll back, I'll back my guy, Casper Spirko, who may add, I thought was, I mean, if he was incredible against Cincinnati, even without the goal, the fact that he, the way he kept the ball, the way, you know, he was so confident dribbling confident, and running with yep. the ball as well. 
He looked like he uh, rejuvenated a player who just who's clearly enjoying his who's enjoying this football again. So I mean, again, I thought he's fantastic. I think Casper will get in on the act again this weekend when the union need him most because I think he's one of those players that, as we've evidently seen throughout the years, well, uh, the years he's been with the team, yeah. he has always scored goals when it's mattered most, and he's always come up with big goals for this team. And I think he'll do the exact same again. In this huge game, yeah. in this huge game, which will hopefully secure the playoffs in the long run. Yeah, the uh, the the composure he had in the box, just bring it down off his chest, push it to the right, and just drill into the back of the net was incredible. But again, I think it goes back to the confidence. You know, he looked he looked like he did at the beginning of the year, and or in the Champions League, just the very confident, aware, put himself in the right position kind of player. So. If he's yeah. getting hot right now, then that's going to be just super beneficial for this union team. But <coughs> we're going to uh, close out the show now. I know we've hit about almost a 30-minute mark, and then we're going to do some sponsors. If Dave, if you don't mind, I'll take him today. Yeah, catch sure. him off. Catch you a break on the sponsorships. I had it right in front of me anyway. Uh, first up is Manscaped. Get 20% off Manscaped with free shipping with the code AATBirds at Manscaped.com. I know recently they've had the Lawnmower 4.0, so check that out. Again, Manscaped.com. Next up is Odds Jam, the number one software program for Sportsbook Bandits. Sign up today at oddsjam.com. Uh, they use the arbitrage calculator to help you make sure you don't ever lose a bet again. So please check them out, oddsjam.com. Next up is Statement Games. Statement Games at statementgames.com is a new way to fantasy sports entertainment. You can win gift cards and prizes. It's completely free to sign up, no charge at all. Uh, it's a really unique way to, to make watching a game more interesting. Next up, we Lot Terrain Watches, one of our newest sponsors. You can get uh, watches from www.lotterrain.com. Use code AATBIRDS for 10% off at checkout with, these, with some beautiful supply of watches there at lotterrain.com. And last but not least, you have the Cross the Pitch Gear at the AATBIRDS Network. I think now it's aatsports.com yeah. actually for the shop. So I'll have to edit that to make it more up to date. But either way, if you go to that link, you can. Um, you can still get segue right into our, our brand new site for AAT Sports Network. It's all authentic talk sports network. So check yeah. us out there. You can get all these new shirts or all the old shirts, I should say. We have the across the pitch shirt right here that's going to come up on your screen. And then the dupe there it is shirt, which is a pretty cool logo that Johnny made up for. So uh, with that, that concludes our pre-recorded show. Uh, it should drop tomorrow, October 14th. So I'll have that ready to go for yeah. us. But the union have a big game. 1 p.m. Montreal in an away game. It's on a uh, 10:16 for Saturday. Dave and I again will be have work obligations, so we cannot make the the report this time around. But we'll come back again for their next their next match, which will be what's their next match? Dave Minnesota on Wednesday night. So next Thursday yeah. we'll recap that that game. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, man. Any last words about the Union? Uh, go Union, and hopefully they can all but secure their playoff place this weekend. That's right. Doop. Doop.